Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ermia Matters. Today, I have three very special guests with me, the tri-chairs from the Ermia Boston Conference that we wrapped up just a few months ago in 2019. So I'm so excited to have these three reunited with me in the podcast today. So welcome, ladies. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Hi, Jenny. Great. So one by one, I'm going to introduce each of you, and I'd like you to just give a little bit of background about yourself, your position, you know, where you work, and um, what you have done for Ermia. So let me start with Marge Lemon. She is one of my former bosses, a former president of Ermia. So Marge, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Sure. So I am the risk manager at Yale University, been here since 2003, which is also when I joined Ermia. My first conference was in 2003 in New Orleans, and I've run the gamut of responsibilities at Ermia from being conference co-chair to being committee chair to being president to serving two terms on the board of directors. So I'm involved in a lot of things and really enjoy it. Well, that is amazing. Yeah, Marge is one of my earliest really great volunteers that I remember. I remember stuffing bags in Charleston, and I believe it was around your birthday. I can't remember if it was your actual birthday, but I do know that Marge's birthday coincides many times with our annual conference. I've spent a few birthdays with my Ermia friends, but it's always (laughs) a fun time. (laughs) So again, welcome, Marge. And next up, let's go to Stacey Kroll. She's with Five Colleges, a current board member of Ermia. So go ahead, Stacey, tell us a little bit about you. Yes. So um, I've been with Five Colleges, Inc. since 2012. Currently, I serve as the Director of Compliance and Risk Management. And our organization is a shared administrative function for Amherst College, Hampshire College, Mount Holyoke College, and Smith. And um, we're a shared compliance and risk management function. So I joined Ermia in 2012 uh, when I joined Five Colleges, and I akin my volunteer experience like a fire hose in the face, Um, (laughs) similar to Marge, dove in with both feet, membership committee, uh, member, chair for a few years, conference committee, programming committee, most recently conference co-chair, and then most recently being elected to the board. Excellent. Well, it's been wonderful having Stacy as a very involved member as well. And last but certainly not least is Sandy Mitchell from MIT. She is also a current board member. So Sandy, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am the director of insurance at MIT. Like the others, I'm the newbie here because I started in 2013 and that's when I joined Ermia, attending Arizona, which was a nice first conference to attend. Unlike my other two tri-chairs, I sort of waded into the Ermia experience and just did some volunteering at the registration desk and have, you know, since then gotten more and more involved with various aspects. Well, awesome. And it is wonderful to have you on board as well. So today in Ermia Matters, we are going to be talking about the conference and some ways that members, whether they attended or did not attend the conference, ways that they can leverage the resources that are on the Ermia website. So I was reflecting as I was preparing for the podcast today, just, you know, about like our timeline. And I mean, we started planning the conference probably three years ago. We did a couple site visits. But last year in January or February, we met as a programming group. And I was thinking specifically about that group because Ermia has implemented an education plan, as you all are aware of. And then we, I believe it was about 15 topics. Do you guys remember how many topics we used from the education plan? 15, I believe. 
Okay, very good. So the programming group, which is a subset of the annual conference committee, divided up and we all took a couple of the topics from the education plan and worked on those sessions. So I wanted you each to, to speak about your experience with those sessions. And Stacy, why don't we start with you? Because you did, you know, kind of the heavy lifting with the general sessions, as it turned out. I don't think that was actually our plan from the get-go, but it certainly turned out that way. And the general sessions were really the hallmark of the event. And certainly the Boston bombing session was had a lot of feedback, positive. It was very moving. So why don't you just tell us about the way the education plan worked for you? Yeah. So um, so the ed plan, Jenny, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the ed plan was actually derived from topics requested by members through the Ermia network. And we developed, Glenn developed a list. And we, over a series of years, picked a number of topics from that list to handpick programming opportunities for the annual conference. So we had probably 20 to 25 selected at the beginning, and we narrowed it down to 15. And what was really interesting was we actually sourced some speakers that may have not spoken at Ermia before, but were really knowledgeable on the the topic we picked for them. And I think overall, I believe our uh, surveys have shown that those ed session topics were really well attended and well received and were really beneficial to the membership. Yeah. And I mean, I want to just take a second to, you know, give kudos to Glenn Klinsick, who created the education plan and developed that kind of long term plan. But it was a combination of topics that the members had requested over the years, topics that we know are popular because of, you know, the analytics we have from our library. So tell us a little bit about the sessions that you were most involved planning. So as folks who attended the conference would know, I was really involved in developing the Boston Marathon session, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in detail. There was another general session on the last day about developing a long-term view on risk. And uh, it was kind of a, a play because we had a risk manager who had been very seasoned, who was retiring this year, Gary Langsdale from Penn State. And it was supposed to be kind of the past of risk management in contrast to the future of risk management by having someone of a, a more youthful generation with uh, many years in, left in my career. So we did a nice timeline of the evolution of risk management. And that was just a lot of fun. I mean, Gary's just a great personality and has a really good sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen the video, there's some fun hats that I was asked to wear. And um, I just keep reminding myself that that will be forever a part of my career for 30 years to come because I'm wearing that stupid genie hat. <laughs> but uh, it was his request and I, uh, I said, okay. And then I also, one of this, the more, uh, the programmatic sessions I was involved in was uh, talking about ERM. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with Tim Wiseman and uh, my CFO actually from Amherst College came to Boston, which was really nice. And he was really, really impressed with Ermia as a whole. Uh, but we talked about the ERM program at Amherst College and how we might use that to identify opportunities for the college and the competition that's facing higher ed right now. Excellent. Well, and I mean, for everybody who wasn't at the conference and didn't see that last general session, it is fully recorded in video. <laughs> so you can see <laughs> Stacy and Jean Demchek and Gary Langsdale in their funny hats. And we've tried to capitalize on all marketing <laughs> pictures. So you all Ermia members might see them from time to time. <laughs> So thank you for that. <laughs> of course. So let's switch to Marge. So Marge, I know you were involved in a session or two in the programming. Can you tell us about your experience and how that went? 
Yeah, mainly just one. But first, I just want to say, Stacey, you and the GD hat will be the equivalent of Luke Fagora in the horse costume <laughs> that will live on forever <laughs> at the Louisville conference. But my se- the session that I was involved in was publishing and broadcasting in the digital age because a lot of colleges and universities are now doing a lot of online courses and have a lot of broadcast and, and publishing activities on their campus. So I worked with actually two of the attorneys that are two of the attorneys and then our digital person, our digital course person at Yale to put together a panel discussion about that. Excellent. Okay. And last but not least, Sandy, tell us about the, you were involved in a few sessions yourself. So tell us about those. Yeah. Being from an institution that was literally across the river from the host hotel made it easier to tap into a number of different people at MIT that we wouldn't normally have at a conference. So we had deans of students, we had people from our Office of General Counsel, we had a professor that's heavily involved in our makerspace, our head of EHS, sort of all were participating in presentations Uh, And again, we otherwise wouldn't have normally seen them at a conference. And the other one I was involved in that was heavily attended was on communication. And we put together a panel of Ermia members and two from public colleges and one from a private college and tried to compare and contrast sort of the differences in both what is required by each and what may not be required and what you do to communicate to your board, to your bosses and to other stakeholders within your university. Yeah. So that session was the moderators were Amy Daly and Joe Carter, right? No, that was a different one. They sort of did the top 10 losses of the year. This one was uh, Phil Dendy, Flo Hoskins, and Kevin Bebb talking about sort of reports that they prepare and just how they communicate. Kevin, being from Stanford and a private university, had a very different perspective than the other two who were from state universities. They had many more sort of requirements by their board of regents. Thanks for straightening him out. And if Phil Dendy ever hears this, he will he will give me a hard time. So thanks for doing that. So beyond the education sessions that we had, we kind of curated as a programming group. I believe if there were 15 of the education plan sessions, then there were 35 sessions that we picked from the abundance of um, submissions we got to the call for presentations. So I alluded to it earlier, we do a a meeting for the programming group where we go through every single submission that comes through our call for presentations. And we did have an abundance. I believe we had over 100, 110. Does anybody remember the number? 120 plus, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. I'm a numbers person. What can I say? I think you all are a bit of numbers, ladies, (laughs) as I recall. So that left about 35 sessions that we had, you know, that came through the call for presentations. And actually, when I read the evaluations, and I do want to brag just a little bit about that. So Ermia had over a thousand total attendees, including 535 institutional members, 384 affiliate members, and 92 retirees and guests, which totals 1,011 total uh, attendees which is phenomenal and hats off to you guys and the entire annual conference team, you know, that helped put this together. I'd like to say it's the largest gathering of higher education risk management professionals ever. So I think that's pretty exciting. But the the 35 other breakout sessions, a lot of them got really, really high marks. Are there any that you guys want to highlight and that we will reference in the in the podcast? 
I didn't make it to many, but I will say the one that you alluded to earlier, Jenny, the one that is a Joe Carter and Amy Daly hosted, and it was sort of the, they had a panel of five different risk managers, and they sort of each talked about a property and a casualty loss, so there were 10 losses, and it was really interesting sort of hearing what others have faced, some of which, you know, we go through, but just the differential losses and their impact on universities. And it was sort of very casual conversation. So I think it was well received by the crowd. Thank and they you. gave out toys or they gave gifts. out toys and presents if you answered, you know, the question right. Gummy lobsters <laughs> or something weird like that. A gummy insect, I think it was. Oh, that's oh, that was, fun. That was, I, d- I didn't know they had toys. That was cool. Yes, was they cool. did. Well, it's always good to Props. have giveaways and interactivity in your session for sure. I know one of the other sessions that I heard a lot about or have debriefed since the conference was the Arctic one. Is that, that the Kate Lark one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Kate yeah, Lark it was. from Dartmouth. It was, and yeah. it was a faculty member from Dartmouth. Yeah, it was and pretty And then cool. two other folks were also in that session, and it got really high marks because of the. I think it was such an interesting topic, and I remember when the when the programming team was reviewing it. You know, we thought that would be a pretty interesting topic. Okay, well, let's switch the focus a little bit. Why don't we talk about just a little bit about the Boston Marathon bombing session? This is how we actually kicked off the conference. And um, Stacey, why don't you just tell us a little bit about that session? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to build this session. Um, the second I knew this was going to be held in Boston, the Sheridan was only about two blocks from where that bombing actually happened. And if you're local, you were. I'm sure Nationwide was following this, but if you were local, you were following it incredibly close. And you knew the impact that it had on higher ed to great detail. Obviously, Officer Collier, who was murdered on MIT's campus and what they went through with that. And then the actual terrorist being a student of University of Massachusetts. And the college was actually misidentified at first. And we thought that it was actually University of Massachusetts Amherst, um, which is right in my backyard and is the fifth college of five colleges incorporated. So we were closely attending to this and just the, the incredible impact on higher ed. And I think we really concentrated on the violence that it uh, that had happened, but we hadn't thought about it from a logistics and tactical standpoint from higher ed. So it was really probably one of the biggest highlights of my career is being able to pull together that panel and to be able to be on stage with those folks. Um, we had Billy Evans, who is currently the chief of police for Boston College, but was the former commissioner of Boston Police and was the incident commander in Watertown, where we took down the terrorist, uh, where he was hiding. And he also ran the marathon that day and then secured the scene. So, you know, really locally, he's a hero and is quite infamous, as I found out after mentioning his name quite a few times and being involved with him. I think a lot of folks were starstruck. And we also had the chief of police from MIT who was there when Officer Collier, not on campus, but who was still chief at MIT when Officer Collier was shot. The chief of police at University of Massachusetts, who identified that that terrorist actually attended there, one of the students at UMass came into the police station and said that that person had attended UMass and was in their classes. And then we also had the emergency manager for Suffolk uh, University, who um, is in the Boston proper area and was affected when the entire city went into lockdown. Nobody was allowed to be on the streets because there was an active manhunt. And there's, um, I forget the actual number, but there's several, several colleges in the 20s within a four mile radius of where that had happened. 
and university, uh, Suffolk University was uh, definitely in the heart of it. So what did they go through and how do they feed students in a decentralized setting with an unarmed campus police uh, department? How do you keep your students safe? You know, when everybody's uh, on an active manhunt, you know, you're not getting much response in the moment and you're not getting much support from local PD. So it was really, again, highlight of my career and something that, you know, I'll obviously cherish and the opportunity given to me from Ermia to do that. And I know the response to that was really positive. And I encourage everybody to check it out on the Ermia website. Very informative and a very powerful story. Well, kudos again to you, Stacey. It, it, it was a great way to start the conference. And those Boston accents, I mean, if nothing else, people should should watch the video just to hear some real there's, there's no better way to start a Boston conference than to have Billy Evans make one of the first statements. He has true South Boston accent, uh, born and raised from Southie, and uh, you can hear it. Um, you can definitely hear it. Uh, how about Sandy? Do you have any any words about the session? Yeah, what I really liked about the session when we first talked about sort of doing something on the Boston Marathon, I liked that the focus was on sort of what the individual impact to the schools were, because it was a story that a lot of us hadn't heard. I mean, I work at MIT, and I had actually only been working here for three weeks when this all took place, but I still didn't know some of the things that happened and what took place. So it was really interesting to hear from the people that were, you know, living it and sort of reacting to that incident in real time, what happened and its impact and what they learned and sort of have put in place for universities since then. And how about you, Marge? Any any lessons learned or anything yeah, you took away? Yeah, not necessarily lessons learned, but a couple of things I just took. First of all, you could not, you could, you could hear a pin drop in that room when that session was going on. People were incredibly intensely listening to every word. And it wasn't just because they couldn't understand what Billy was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, even those of us that, you know, did understand the accent. I mean, it was, it was incredibly quiet because everyone was completely intrigued. And I just remember, you know, to go back to what Stacy was saying, whether people in other parts of the country were following it when it went along. I actually was out of the country. I was in Mexico on vacation and we from, from Cancun followed every single thing that was going on for the entire duration of it. And even though I was at Yale at the time, was not thinking of it from the perspective of the colleges and universities in the environment and that were affected. Obviously, I was thinking about it, you know, my home state and the city I love and what was going on in the city. But just to come back and, you know, hear this a handful of years later, still resonating with everyone, just listen to them talk about what they went through was was incredible. And having, like Stacy said, the, the location being just a couple of blocks away from where we are and the memorial monuments yeah. having been installed in that location just, I think, the week before yeah, the, yeah, the conference. The so timing um, was really well, yeah. I mean, well aligned with that. And I remember a lot of conference attendees actually talking about after that session going to visit the memorial. Yeah, to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, took away and it was such a moving session was, you know, the comment where he said, you know, that's not the time to pass out business cards that you have right. to have those relationships well in advance. You know, mm-hmm. you have to get those town gown relationships and and figure out who you call in these situations and who you work with. So it was a great session. Again, kudos to the three of you for making that happen. So I wanted to focus just a little bit on just the wealth of data that we have or those resources that we have from the conference that are on the website. So like I said earlier, irregardless if you attended the conference or you didn't attend the conference, we have every single breakout session. Well, I think we have all but two. Actually, I think we had a couple technical difficulties, but we have at least 48 of the 50 breakout sessions, all the recordings. And if you like 
to listen to podcasts. You can also listen to those recordings on your devices. It's pretty easy to do. So I would definitely ask you all to log into the Ermia site, go to the library, go into past conferences. And actually, I mean, we have years and years of conference recordings and and they are so they are such a great resource for our members. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about some of the, you know, fun aspects of the conference. And I'm doing this twofold to do a call out to the members to be future conference chairs because we're always looking for the next location. And these three lovely women did volunteer to do Boston. It was our 50th conference. It was it was the biggest, the largest, and we are always trying to outdo conferences year after year. I would love to think that our 51st conference this next year in Indianapolis will surpass Boston, but I'm realistic. <laughs> it's not happening, Jenny. Sorry. <laughs> I love Indianapolis and all, but uh, it's not the 50th conference. But this is a call out to all the members, you know, think about submitting your city for a future Ermia conference and just as chairs, can you guys talk about your experience, like how how much time it took and like just lessons learned? How about you, Marge? You go first. Sure. So this one was done a little bit differently because usually people submit cities, but we knew since it was the 50th, we wanted a special city. So I think the board itself said, let's try to do it in Boston if we can make it work financially and administratively. So I remember you asking if I'd be interested. And I said, sure, but I want to pick my co-chairs <laughs> because I knew I wanted these two women with me. And I think it worked out well because we we embraced the Patriot way of uh, do your job and stay in your lane. And we split out the responsibilities where I kind of did the financial administrative part and Stacy um, oversaw the programming and Sandy oversaw the social other type events because she is truly the the local person. So for me, it was, there was a lot of time for me that it, it, it didn't take up a lot of time. And I think the programming and the social things are much more intense time-wise and um, task-wise. But, you know, doing the budget at the beginning and tracking and tracking the sponsorships that's coming in and making sure we're staying on track or were the things that I was most involved in. So it was good. I think it was a good group. I think we worked pretty well together. I think we divvied up the responsibilities so that no one person was totally overwhelmed, but but we kept in good communication. And of course, I should, you know, it goes without saying, or I should say it, that the home office does the vast lion's share of the work. You guys are amazing and put in so much time and energy to to make sure no balls are dropped and everything that we need to do is done. So thank you to you. Well, thanks, Marge. And how about you, Sandy? Were there any like professional development things that you experienced as being a co-chair, tri-chair? Well, it's interesting because my role in my family has always been to plan the parties or the dinners and things like that. So when they asked me to sort of do the local party planning, I'm like, oh, this fits in perfectly. And because Boston is my home city, I was thrilled to have it here and to sort of show off Boston for what it is. I mean, you hear about the Boston drivers, which we'll admit were horrible, but there's some great parts of the city. And I'm glad that we got to share that with a number of people from all over the country. And, you know, trying to working on the venues and finding the right things and something new and to really showcase Boston, like at the gala doing it at the JFK library, you know, was awesome. So that was really cool. It sort of gave me from a professional development, it was sort of like being in grad school, particularly as we got closer, time management, doing my regular job here at MIT and managing as we got closer and closer and had to do more and more was a balance. But it was great. It was so much fun and got to work with all of you guys. Terrific. How about you, Stacey? Any comments? 
well, I developed two fantastic friendships out of this between uh, those two. So right yeah, the tri-chair, <laughs> tri-chair relationship continues on. But yeah, I mean, you know, time management didn't really seem like an issue. We had so much fun planning this. So it didn't seem like extra work. Um, it was something that was easily picked up after hours because this was enjoyable and it was, you know, great friends doing fun things. So, I mean, professional development, I can learn so much from the folks who were involved in building this conference. It wasn't just the three of us. It was our entire committee. It was our programming committee. It was our events committee, all of our, you know, our affiliates. So yeah, I mean, I've just learned an incredible amount. Just working with them outside normal working hours has been fantastic. Well, terrific. Well, I think that we've done a great job highlighting the conference. Again, I urge all of Ermia members to log into the library and listen to the recordings. And thank you to you three for being my guest today on Ermia Matters. And we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you for having us. Bye. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app. And while you're there, we'd appreciate if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.